Coming to you from high atop 107 Columbia at the Al Fresco Recording Studios of Nipty Radio, we are basking in the glorious sunlight on this late summer, early fall day. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to be discussing CPL 71031B, Notice of Law Enforcement Arranged Identification Procedures. So let's get started. When the people intend to call a witness to identify the defendant at trial, if the witness has previously identified the defendant in a procedure arranged by law enforcement personnel prior to or at the time of the arrest, the people are required to serve notice on the defense of their intention to introduce this evidence pursuant to CPL 71031B. This notice is required for both witnesses of the crime as well as witnesses who will identify the defendant as someone he or she saw at a different time but relevant to the charges. The notice also requires that the people give the details of the type of identification procedure that was used as well as the time and location and the name of the law enforcement officer who conducted the procedure. Since the amending of the Suppression Motion Procedure Statute, CPL 71060, Subdivision 3B, which removed the need for the defense to supply sworn allegations of fact to secure suppression or a suppression hearing when the evidence is either an identification or a statement by the defendant to law enforcement personnel. The requirement of an accurately detailed notice was no longer essential. The notice is sufficient if it supplies the defense with enough information for them to make the motion. Please see People v. Perella, a First Department case from 1998. In that, the people omitted in their notice the site of the noticed lineup and gave the wrong name of the officer conducting the lineup. The appellate division held that this, quote, was of little consequence since the notice need only provide the defendant with sufficient information so that he might move to suppress a police arranged identification. The notice was sufficient, having specified the date, time, and nature of the identification procedure. The notice to the defense must be given within 15 days of the arraignment on an indictment or 15 days from the arraignment on a misdemeanor case which is to be litigated in the criminal court. This is a strictly construed statute with very few exceptions. It is irrelevant that a late notice did not cause any harm to the defense. Knowledge of any ID procedure that law enforcement officers conducted in a case is attributed to the people even when they are not informed it has occurred. Please see People v. Dixon, a Court of Appeals case from 1995, and People v. Mullen, a Court of Appeals case from 1987. The people must demonstrate exceptional circumstances in order to justify a late notice. In addition to the very strict construction of the 15-day notice rule, the sanction for untimely or failed notice is also one of the most severe in all of criminal practice. Failure to give a timely notice results in the preclusion of the out-of-court idea trial. This is not considered suppression. If there has only been one previous out-of-court ID and notice was untimely or not given, the people are precluded from introducing evidence of both the out-of-court ID that wasn't noticed properly and any in-court identification by the witness at trial. You cannot save the in-court ID with an independent source finding that you would be able to do if the ID had been suppressed. If the case has only this witness to establish the defendant's identification, 
you would be unable to proceed to trial. Please see People v. Bernier from 1989, Court of Appeals. Unlike cases where suppression precludes prosecution, you cannot appeal the court's determination that notice was untimely and its preclusion of the identification evidence. See People v. Lang, a Court of Appeals case from 1992. Therefore, it is imperative to give timely 71031B notice, even if you believe it may not be necessary. You can always argue no suppression or hearing is required once the defense makes their motions. The rules are somewhat less severe when there have been multiple identification procedures, such as a photo identification followed by a corporeal lineup. If there is more than one out-of-court identification procedure and notice is given as to at least one, your in-court identification will be saved and the only thing that will be precluded will be the unnoticed identification. Please see People v. Gradles, a 2007 Court of Appeals decision, and also People v. Tatum, a First Department case from 1994. If the defendant is so well known to the witness that no procedure could be considered unduly suggestive, then no 71030 notice is required. If, however, the defense claims the witness does not have such knowledge, the court may order what is called the Rodriguez hearing, based on the case of People v. Rodriguez from the Court of Appeals in 1992. The people introduce evidence of the previous times, places, and circumstances under which the witness had seen the defendant. This hearing is used also when the identification procedure would be suggestive if the defendant and witness had been strangers, or when the people fail to give timely notice and the court is considering preclusion for failure to do so. The defense may waive the failure to give timely notice by the people if they move for and receive a suppression hearing. See CPL 71030 Subdivision 3. Also see People v. Eves, a Fourth Department case from 2017. If the defense claims there has been untimely notice and the court rules against the defense, the court will usually ask the defense if they wish to proceed to have a Wade hearing. If the defense chooses to do the Wade hearing, this decision waives the right to claim a notice failure on any appeal. The defense has the choice at that point to do the hearing or preserve the issue for appeal, but not both. Please see People v. Kirkland, Court of Appeals decision from 1997. Here are a few additional situations where you will have to consider 71031B notice. If a witness views an ID procedure but does not inform the law enforcement officers that he or she is able to make an identification and then subsequently informs law enforcement that he or she did in fact to themselves make an identification. This is not attributable to the people for purposes of 71030 notice and its strict 15-day time rule. Please see People v. Dotson, a First Department case from 2006, where both leave to the Court of Appeals and habeas corpus were denied. Also note, any post-indictment identification procedure is not governed by the strict 15-day notice requirement that exists in the pre-arrest or at the time of arrest identification procedures. When a person is depicted in a surveillance video with the defendant, 
usually during the commission of the crime, and the police are investigating the case, the person's viewing of the video is not considered an identification procedure, so no 71030 notice is required. This is a very interesting area, and there are many questions that are left open as to any viewing that may take place post-arrest of the defendant. But the core case for you to become familiar with is People v. Gee, a Court of Appeals decision from the year 2002. Also, if a witness is shown a picture of a lineup in trial prep or single pictures of multiple defendants to determine which one did what, notice to the defense as an identification procedure under 71031B is required. This is a relatively new rule pursuant to People v. Marshall in 2015. Previous to that time, the case of People v. Herner from 1995 was in effect, and it basically did not require such 71030 notice to be given. Any case that cites Herner or Herner itself, when used for that proposition, is no longer controlling. You must be familiar with People v. Marshall. As of July 1st of 2017, the people are now permitted to introduce identification evidence from ID procedures that use mugshot photos or any other such potentially prejudicial photo identification. There is the requirement that in such procedures, the law enforcement officers conducting the procedure is not permitted to know who the suspect is, if there is one, or not know where his or her photo is placed in the photo array presented to the witness. When such IDs are made, the people are required to identify for the defense in giving the 71031B notice that such a procedure was used and that the people intend to introduce this evidence at trial. Failure to give such notice will result in preclusion of the use of this particular ID evidence on the people's case, as it would be for failure to give notice of any other form of admissible identification. This preclusion is not a suppression. A failure to use this specific procedure is not considered to be evidence that the procedure was unduly suggestive. The statute 71020 subdivision 6 is authority for this statement. A failure to follow these procedures in conducting the identification procedure will result in preclusion of their use on your direct case but it is not considered suppression and the failure is not evidence of an unduly suggestive procedure. Please be sure to read the written version of today's NIPTI practice tip for all of the case citations and statutory authority. Also, take a look at the new expanded memo on CPL 71031B that we sent out earlier last week. Both of these will be very helpful in giving you authority for dealing with the various issues of 71031B. As always, our thanks to our crack producer and founder and owner of the Crispy Cab Company, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. For all of you, be well and stay ready, my friends. <music>